This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. We're really grateful for this community that has stuck with us through this intense 8 journey. It's meant a lot. If you'd like to support us by donating to our podcast, at the end of every episode's show notes, there's a link. If you click that, it'll take you right to our donation page. So please consider doing that, and thanks again. I had so much fun with this interview. When you listen to Carrie speak, you're going to get a real picture of the mover-shaker tri-type, the 873 or the 837. I had a whole pile of questions for Carrie, and I don't think we got through even a couple of them. As she speaks, you're going to hear her use keywords for this tri-type, like efficient or moving quickly. She just wraps up that clear picture of that mover and shaker in her own words, in her own language. I hope you enjoy this. I'm Carrie. I am about to embark upon a big birthday here in about a year and a half. So I am about 30 minutes west of Charlottesville. So I'm in the mountains. Not on the water. How far from the ocean? Beach ocean-wise, about three hours or so. It's doable. Weekend trips and stuff. We're in a good location because we can get to larger cities pretty quickly, but also can you know get to the water pretty quickly. Um, so it's a, it's a good location. I live with um, my husband of almost 15 years and our son, um, who is in elementary school. We're a very active family. We love going and doing and being outdoors. We, we will try about anything once. We're very sports oriented. So I think that plays into us being very active. <laughs> um, we will, we play every sport. We play all the sports and my, my son, you know, he's only, he's only six, but he is excited to try all the things. So that's really fun for me because I'm a very active person. So it's fun to see that maybe manifest a little bit in him too. The, what I do like for my career, I'm, um, I'm actually a business systems analyst a high project manager um, within higher education. What I do with that position, um, it's kind of a crazy title for the work that I do. I, I am managing a lot of projects that will help with IT solutions for medical students that are coming into the school that I work at. And, you know, I love, I love my work. I've, I've only been in the job a few months, but it's kind of a, a position that culminates all of my skills of being very organized. You know, I love to communicate with people, but I also love to find solutions and find them in the most efficient way. I was going to say, this sounds like <laughs> my dream, like to look at something <laughs> right. from the big picture, right? And come in and hold right. it on. Yeah. It's really, it's really fun. It's a, it's a huge puzzle. Um, it's a lot of process improvement, which for me, like some people would hate that, but I love that. I love to dive into a project and go, okay, what's the, what's the big goal? How do we get there by meeting all the small goals to get there? And, um, and so it's a lot of fun, you know, no day is the same, which <laughs> keeps me hopping um, in a great way. I love being able to see like my work add value. So mm. to see that a student can use the system a little bit faster and more efficiently and won't get timed out of an exam because of maybe something I was doing on the back end to help with our team. Like that's, that's rewarding. For me, I'm one of those people, and I think this kind of plays into the eight eight three seven a bit. Is that I've you know I've had different careers. I've worked I've worked in higher ed. I've worked in the nonprofit world. I've worked in real estate. A lot of it's been around marketing and healthcare. I like to try new things and be good at a bunch of things. I think that plays into my to my eight three seven a bit. <laughs> 
Do you find um, that once you've sort of met the need, you're, you need to move on? Oh, sometimes, yeah. Like I, you know, I kind of, I get into that space where I, you know, I'm challenged with a new challenge and I like to, you know, go at it with everything I have, go full force. Then I want to see, like, I want to see the fruit of my labor, but then I also want to see what the next steps are. So, and what, you know, what happens when it goes stagnant? Like what happens when you've met all the needs and there's nowhere to push forward? Everything's operating <laughs> well and it's good. What happens then? Well, I can't get, I, I hate being bored. Like that is, <laughs> that is something that's t- like, I'm terrible at being bored. And I find ways to not be bored. Depending on what, how I feel about the organization, um, I will, you know, try to find the next stone to uncover you know, what's, what's the next piece of it? Like even in some organizations where I've worked a year or two in, I'm one of those people that I like to see, like, I like to be able to see what the, kind of what the future holds, not in a crystal ball type sense, but you know, what the trajectory could be. You want to and know so what the be- goal is and what, how yeah. you get there. <laughs> correct. <Yep>. Correct. <laughs> Much to my chagrin sometimes. <laughs> um, sometimes in some cases, I've had conversations with organizations that I've, that I've been, been part of and I've just been very thoughtful, but also I just want to get to the point, you know, where do you see me here? You know, where, where do you see me contributing to this organization for the organization to thrive and grow? Like, I want to contribute to that. But like, you know, I also have my career goals and I'm one of those people. I'm not sure I could stay in the same position for too long because I think I would be bored. And within those conversations, you know, you can tell pretty quickly if an organization has a plan for you, or they want to engage in creating a plan or not. And and sometimes that has, even though it's a tough conversation to have, it's been enlightening, because I'm like, okay, I need to think about where I want to be. And where this organization fits in my plans. And so you know, I've left organizations, because I didn't feel like I had any growth opportunity there that they wanted me to fill a space. And then it was like, but then what? Like I need to be, you know, I need to be motivated. Like I love a challenge. And I think you're summing (laughs) up the the mover shaker tri-type really well. Oh, totally. Totally. Some people (laughs) listening are like, what do you mean? Like I'm, I'm fine (laughs) to just sit in my job and get it done and go home at the end of the day. And I just don't think we have that capacity. And I, if we're not being (laughs) utilized or if we see what could be and no one will allow us to help them get there or they don't, they're not interested in going there. I think we're out, right? It's hard. (laughs) It's really hard. Yeah. And even like with multiple responsibilities, like I've always been a mover and a shaker and that hasn't subsided even gaining multiple responsibilities, like getting married and um, having, you know, having a child, like I still am very much a mover and a shaker. I want to make impact, you know, I want to see it. I want to feel that and I want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you kind of feel like that your legs are kind of cut out from under you, (laughs) um, because, you know, sometimes we can be intimidating in how like we approach things, even when you try to do it in the most thoughtful and authentic and and tactful way. Sometimes I think we bring a lot of energy and a lot of drive and a lot of push. And sometimes I don't know if everybody necessarily knows what to do with that. For sure. And I think that there's there's a time and space where that is a superpower that we're created to, oh, right? And there's right, a time and right. space where we're supposed to say this isn't 
this isn't that place today. <laughs> and yes, it's yes. learning and growing in kind of understanding why we do what we do, the whole Enneagram, <laughs> and being able to recognize when we do need to pull back or refrain. And I think that's refrain is like the word I want to have painted across my wall in my house because I feel like it is the daily yeah. battle for me. It's like, yeah, oh, is this I mine totally. to do? And if not, you need to just refrain and step back yeah. for a minute. But we're always and moving forward. And, and I think that is. Yeah. And is it my battle to fight? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, is, this, yes. is this my battle? Do I engage in this or do I let it be? I was chatting with my cousin yesterday and she, I believe, is a is also a mover and a shaker, uh, an yes. eight through seven, but seven first. And okay. she said that to me yesterday. If I don't fight this battle, no one else will. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I know. But you I know. Sometimes that's hard. <laughs> and think, is this worth it? Right? Like at what cost? Oh, yeah. And- yeah, exactly. And I think that's, I think that's something that you know, comes over time, because I feel like looking back on, on, you know, the, the tri-type, I feel like I've probably been an eight, three, seven, most of my life. Oh, for sure. Like, I've always wanted to be a person to help people. Never liked the bully in school, like somebody who was mean to other people. Like I wanted to protect that person who was being, you know, picked on, or um, I just wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be a friend. I wanted to be a friend to people. And yeah, it's just, it's so funny to see that manifest over time. But then as you get older, you have to, you know, look again, look back at the bigger picture and say, okay, is this something that I engage in or can, should I back away? That's one thing that I've learned, like with political conversations in particular, it's like, (laughs) this is not worth, this is not worth my time or my energy. And then sometimes I just can just dismiss it. So, which I think is sometimes an eight tendency too. It's like, you know what, we're not going to, we're not going to agree here. I'll enjoy the discussion, but at the end of the day, like this is done and let's move on. Yeah. (laughs) I don't have time for this this. or the bandwidth. (laughs) I think that we're coming to that a lot in the world we live in today. Right. It's an exercise of patience for us every day. Oh, very much. And just like biting your tongue, you know, there are some days it's like, don't say that. You want to say that or you want to send that email. But the 24 hour rule is a great, (laughs) a great tactic for us sometimes because it will, it will. It will keep us out of a lot of trouble. Um, Well, and a lot of the time we realize it's just not going to change anything. I think one of the hardest things about being the 837 is that we have the ability to see the bigger picture. And a lot of people don't have that on a day-to-day basis, right? And so when we can see something from the full snapshot in a second, we understand some things in a much different way than the person in front of us who's only seeing what's right in front of them, right? Yes we can't get them to see that they don't have that ability and likewise they're asking us to hone in on the nitty details in front of us without going past that and we can't do that either so right there's a time and a place for all of it right but it is (laughs) is. that is our struggle our struggle is the yes can't see this and I think we think really fast I think being a mover and a shaker we're solution oriented but we're very fast solution oriented like we're thinking you know obviously we're using our brains to a certain extent but we're also thinking with our with our guts and our bodies <laughs> and um and it's sometimes a, I think it's not it's in, a, a, in, a, yeah. in a second it's not a, a yes. minute of thinking it is in in a second yes. right we're moving before thinking <laughs> which can be a real problem <laughs> oh it can be it can be and then it can create it can create problems like within relationships too sometimes because you're like, okay, you know, I'm trying to engage you in this conversation with me, but I've already come to the solution. 
Oh yeah. But this I'm is, trying to involve my... you in the decision making <laughs> because you know, like and like my husband See, you I was know, just we, gonna say we how laugh does this about go to your marriage. So my marriage, I ha I'm married to my perfect counterpart in this world. I mean, we are like we are like fire and ice. He is a nine. A lot of my really close friends are nines because they bring such a calm and like peaceful presence in my life. Like my sister is a nine. So that was very interesting growing up because she's like the friendliest person you would ever meet. She's lovely. She's an amazing mom, but she's also stubborn. And she would tell you this. This is nothing that I, <laughs> like, I'm not like outing her here on, um, on, yeah. on an interview, but we would butt heads because she would just shut down on me. And I'm like, Hey, like we're in a conflict, you know, like when you get into conflicts with your siblings, you're like, wait a second, you're supposed to argue with me. And she just shut down. And I'm like, this is not fun. <laughs> like, it's not fun at all. <laughs> um, and, and we laugh about it still to this day. <laughs> but like, my husband is also a nine. Um, and interestingly enough, they work together, um, which is hilarious, oh, because because I hear things that they say. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, like you, you guys clearly work together. I, would, <laughs> I could never I could never work with both of you. I love you to death. Like we would all hate each other. Yeah. But my husband is the calmest, most kind person person and he is he's definitely my calm and it's really funny that like my inner circle of people a lot of them are nines because of that calm energy that they bring to my life and then in the same regard I think I I kind of bring fire to them because I'm I'm punchier and I you know I question things and you know sometimes like my sister will ask about something and she'll kind of want my opinion on it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you can get into trouble. That I was just going to say, they always you, want our opinion. Because it's they get uncomfortable. Because, yeah, because sometimes we, you know, even when you're trying to be um, kind hearted in, in offering that type of feedback that's been solicited, sometimes even like as an eight, I mean, sometimes we deal things harsh. We are like, here, this is the deal we may not think it's hard <laughs> because we don't like for some reason that stuff doesn't phase us. I mean, like I would want, I want people to be very direct with me. Like I would much yep. rather take that than just like, well, you know, and I actually get to the point, but on the flip side, I have to be really careful, especially when I'm engaging with my nines, because I know that they're a bit more sensitive on the outside than maybe we are as eights. And so sometimes, you know, feedback or like an opinion can be harsh, even though that's, it's coming from a place of love. And so I think that's something that I've had to kind of wrestle with over time. I hear you on that. Do you ever find <laughs> with the nines, like one of my, I have a really good friend who's a nine as well. And sometimes I yes. feel like she almost knows that I can run her over. So she will, Oh yeah, she will come to the table. And as soon as I say something, she's immediately very defensive and very strong about it and yes. then as we talk it through it's like oh we're actually on the same page it's almost like they need to say hold on I have an opinion too and you're not yes. gonna run me over so yes. let me put this out there yeah. yeah that happens too like with my husband you know because he is you know he definitely has his opinions too he's just not as outward with them as well, I as I, I don't am. think we it's realize just... how aggressive we come across at times especially yes with the 837, yes. right? We're triple assertive and we're all three <laughs> I numbers know. push against <laughs> I people. Know. So we have it's, nothing that kind it's of lethal. causes it's lethal us sometimes. to pull back anywhere. So it's right. really, uh, it's a physical right. struggle day to day.
What is your instinct sure. stacking? What are you, social, sexual, self-pres? I would imagine I'm social first. I love yep. I love being around people and I'm I'm an organizer. So like I think it was you who had mentioned that you've done you've done work with like your your PTO and stuff like that. Yep. And that you just kind of organize people and move people forward. I think I'm very much right there with you. I may not be the loudest person, but I am the one who will like, okay, like this is not working the way we want to. So let's figure it out. And you when know, you, we, I might have to yell, but I yeah. might like, <laughs> I'm like, well, fine. I've got five moms who want to do this and well, we're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And do you get energy from the group movement? Like, I don't love being in a party. I'm definitely social first. And people yeah. mistake that for, oh, you want to be the life of the party or throw the party. And I don't. I don't need that. But what I do get energy from is group movement. So when I can pull yes. people together to create change as a whole, as a group, yes. nothing gives me energy like that or drive. I would totally agree with that. And like, I um, I love throwing a party, though. I do love throwing a party. Oh, yeah, me too. When I have control. I, I just don't want to go to the party <laughs> with all the people that I don't know. And I have to make small talk. With. Yeah, small talk can be hard. You know, I've, I've been in positions before, like, even with work, um, where I've had to, you know, go into situations where I don't know anyone and engage with people. That's been part of my job. You know, what's interesting is with the pandemic, I think I realized how exhausting that can be. You know, over the last two years, I've not had to do that nearly as much. And I've changed, you know, I've changed jobs and stuff. And so I appreciate not having to do that because sometimes you don't feel like you can be very real with people. I do want to be authentic. And sometimes like when you're in a small talk situation, you're not just going to, even though sometimes you want to, you, you're not going to just engage with somebody on a deep conversation. It's, you know, hey, how are you? When Tell me you, about your family. Let's move on. When you're you know? in those situations, like one of the things I find someone pointed out to me that I do that I, I didn't even realize I do is I am constantly looking for connection. So I'm, I'm saying, where do yes. you work? Where do you go to yes. school? Where do your kids go to school? Oh, do you, do you know these people? Oh, do you work? With oh, yeah. So, like I am always yeah. looking to make a connection somewhere yes. to get away from yes. small talk. <laughs> Same here. And I, I totally do that. And even when I was in that position where I was, you know, engaging with people at these, you know, different community events and stuff. Yeah, I would always try to find that common commonality. Like, tell me about where you went to college. What's your yes. family like? Where yes. do you live? Tell me about your family. Yep. You know, if I could find a connection like that with somebody, it was almost like I gained a friend. Yes. Um, or at least an acquaintance. Yes. You know, sometimes sometimes that friend, that friend piece and that family piece is a little bit deeper because they get to see all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I always, I always like to try to connect with, with people because then it gets, it gets more real and it's, it seems like it's a better use. <laughs> this is me being efficient. It's a better use of my time and it's more engaging <laughs> and it's more fulfilling for everybody. <laughs> You're probably right. I just, I just assumed it was like, get me away from small talk. So this is how I get to the real yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah, no, I think but I right. do, it is a better use. I, I do love a party though. And I love, um, I love organizing a party. Like I, you know, I'm always the one to, to throw a shower, you know, lots of baby showers, lots yes. of bridal showers, cookouts, birthday parties. I do love a party because it's fun to be creative and it's fun to be organized. And for me, that doesn't really feel like work. I know that may sound crazy, but oh, it doesn't I just sound crazy. really dive right in. And it's like my <laughs> conquest, you know, it's like that, those little challenges that yep. you meet every now and then you're like, okay, I got that. We had a great yep. party, yep. you know, and it, 
it didn't rain and everybody swam in the pool and it was perfect. I mean, my kid's childhood is we did all the parties and my sister's right. engagement party and you know, yes. all of it, yes. the baby showers yes. and the, everything was at our house. Yes. I, in the last few years, you've probably heard on the podcast a little bit though. I have an autoimmune disorder. So my energy mm-hmm. level in the last couple of years has just plummeted. So yeah. the parties are not the same for me right now. Like they take right. too much out of me. Yep. So I'm in this weird stage of like, oh, I actually am okay alone and I'm okay being home alone. But it's yeah. not quite familiar to me yet, but it's becoming sure. more enjoyable. But I do miss the parties. I even sent a big group chat out to my cousins. I have a lot of cousins, first cousins, mm-hmm. like 20 some of them that were all very oh, wow. I was like, okay, you know, it's been a few years. We need a party. <laughs> when is everybody in town? Right. So when right? Can like, we I, I feel it yeah. coming back now. It's like, I need to, oh, that's, I need to go that's back. That's great. <laughs> yes, well, and for sure. Being with that tri-type and stuff, because it sounds like you're, you're very, like we're very similar. This was something that I, I wrote down um, because it's a constant struggle for me the idea of rest just yeah so hard and sometimes it's visceral when it happens because it's like you're forced to rest I crash <laughs> because it sounds like you may have been in a, that boat and then it's like forced rest to gear back up well I think this is something that is hard for eights but I think the 873 oh, yeah. tri-type is its own special place for lack of rest and so I was going to ask you that like do you struggle to rest and do you rest voluntarily I guess no I'm terrible at it yeah I get a big f and um (laughs) you know like do I go to bed sure one of my favorite terms is is carpe diem seize the day so I feel sometimes that rest is like the exact opposite of that it's so crazy. It's a struggle for me um, because I always want to be going and doing even, you know, if I'm home, you know, there's always something to be done. And I also just want to do it. It's not just that there's always something to do. It's I always want to be doing something. And so rest is definitely a struggle for me. For instance, and this is hilarious, every year, um, and a lot of people do this on the new year, is that they, you know, pick a word to focus on for the entire year and Mm -hmm. kind of revisit the word throughout the year. You know, a friend asked me about this, a group of friends that we were doing yoga together, which yoga for an eight, three, seven is special in itself. Um, We could talk about that later. Because again, it's, it's forcing you to turn your brain off. But we all were coming up with words for the year. And we were doing yoga virtually because of the pandemic and everything. It was early in the pandemic and things were very shut down. So we couldn't be together in person. And so one of our friends asked, you know, if you could pick a word for the year, what would your word be? And you know, I can like totally throw out a word just off the top of my head, like, nobody's business, but I really thought about it. And I was like, what is a word that would really challenge me this year? And of course, the first word I come up with is rest because it's <laughs> foreign to me. And, and so, you know, I told her and, and she's, she's known me for a very long time. And she's like, Ooh, that's gonna be tough for you. But I'm here. I'm here to support you. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank. I don't know if I should thank you or I should try to argue with you about this. And she made me a keychain that has the word rest on it. Aww. And I have to tell you what, this is, I decided to keep rest for a second year because I failed so miserably <laughs> in the first year. Rest may be my, my word forever at this point, because I think I'm getting better with it over time. It is definitely a struggle for me. And that I think 
think that's when listening to the podcast and also, you know, taking like the Enneagram quizzes and studying up on it. I think that was one of my biggest indications like, whoa, you're probably an eight because we don't slow down. We are nonstop and we are a force for better or for worse. And sometimes it's for worse because our body, you know, like we feel the impact of that nonstop mentality. And so I guess in that regard, like I'm probably sexual second and then self prize is third. (laughs) That would be the same as me. That would be the same. And we take care of ourselves, right? Like, oh yeah, it's it's not great. It's It's, the way I run my life. It's like, I will get to me when the other things get done. I'm going to get to that. I I always have good intentions. Like I will do it for me. But when that is done and the other, whatever that is, is never done. Because once that list is done, the new one shows up. It's never, the list never goes away. It never goes away. And I think one of the hardest things for me in learning to rest, first of all, I got wiped off my feet. So I spent eight or nine months in bed. That was horrible because our whole whole identity is wrapped up in what we do in a day, right? The things we accomplish is our identity and losing that is really, it is, it is a gift now, but there's, there's trauma in that. But one of the things I learned is that I don't think we understand that we deserve rest because we don't value it. So it's not valuable. (laughs) And, And a therapist said this to me once, what if you changed your thinking to saying to your body when it's tired, thank you for telling me you need rest. And it was one of the hardest things because I was so angry at my body for betraying me, but I am learning the value of it and the necessity of it. I am in a place now where, yeah, my body does have to rest up to go be able to do the big things. I say all the time, like, listen to your body before it dumps you on the sidewalk and you can't get up. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's so interesting because we move and shake with our gut. You get those very, and I say visceral, but a lot of times it's visceral reactions to stuff. And you feel sick over things or you break out. Like, yeah, I mean, our body, you know, I can our remember, body holds yeah, it all. Does. And it's so interesting that you talk about like thanking your body for working, that you also need rest, like that your body needs that. And it's so interesting because like, I love to exercise. At one point in my life, I taught group fitness. Like I'm a, I'm an avid exerciser. I love mm-hmm. it. I enjoy it. You know, I run, I lift weights. I taught spinning class and group fitness forever (laughs) even up until like five days before I had my son um because I was like yeah this is great like it felt good (laughs) it felt good I mean I wasn't having any issues and you know I had a doctor very much supporting me and you know encouraging me like do what do what you feel like you can do but then when you got to stop you got to stop and and I did you know I followed those orders you know four days before I gave birth (laughs) (laughs) you know and I felt okay like it's so funny like I worked out the morning that I you know, I had him at like six o'clock at night and at five thirty the morning I was in there working out, doing squats and lunges because I felt okay. And then I came home and frantically cleaned my house and was like, Oh, here we go. You know, I think something (laughs) might be happening. And it's typical, like, you know, again, eight three seven fashion. But I have to really challenge myself to like thank my body for the work it's doing for me and then resting as a thank you to my body. And it also puts the power back in your hands. 
<laughs> and I, sometimes I think it's, it's reframing that to just be like, okay, well, I'm, I'm telling my body <laughs> yes, but if, I mean, to if chill that's out. What it, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. Right. But yes. I mean, whatever it takes to get you to sleep. Yeah. Uh, I've heard you and Joe talk about this too. And I laughed so hard about the fact that, you know, when you feel like you're getting sick, you're battling something. Like I say that all the time, like, oh, I'm fighting a cold right now. And it's like, wait a second, what? What are you doing? Like, what are you fighting? You're fighting a a cold. Like you have a germ in your body. You're fighting it. How does that work? Like, and I say that all the time and I know that's ridiculous, but I still say it because I fight, I will fight and fight and fight until I can't fight anymore. And then I crash and then I am sick. And you would think I would learn by now. Um, And I get better with it over time, but I just think it's that go, go, go. And then once you stop, it's like you stop but then you're forced to stop. And yep. so that's a struggle for us. For you know what's sure. really funny here? You're triggering me a memory for me. This is hilarious because I'm pretty sure, and I, I know we're not supposed to type our kids, but I'm pretty sure my 16-year-old is a three and my 14-year-old boy is a seven. And the uh-huh. three, every single time, and even when they were little, like when we go on vacation, they get strep throat. <laughs> Every time, every time. And it's it's just the eight, the three, and the seven. It's the three of us. Every time we go away, we go our first. So we know, like, we're in Mexico, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Let's go to the Mexican hospital and get because, for because you Because you stop. Like, you're right? forced, you're, it's yep. forced to rest in a lot of capacities because, you know, we work, you know, and I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, you know, we work really hard for this. We're going, you know, we're doing the vacation. It's going to be great. And then you finally just stop, and you're not, you know, answering emails from work, and running 37 places during the week and then it's almost like your body doesn't know what to do well and then I'm frustrated and angry because I have this great beautiful picture of this family vacation we're going to be on in the room because we're sick and I'm angry about that I know I know and my you're like, vision Wait a isn't second. quite what it's your vision right you yeah. have a vision and then it vision. doesn't quite work yeah. out and like I know Pete you know a lot of people take two-week vacations and I would love to get to that at some point in my life. But the idea of, of planning for that two week vacation and then coming back and like having to move and shake so much to yes. get recuperated, like, yeah. and just back into the swing of things. Oh, I'm like, Ooh, that's a lot of stuff. Well, there's almost a fear, sure. right? I, I find like the seven day vacation. I don't come down till about day five. Same. Day five, I get day six and then we're leaving. So you kind of get yeah. just a little bit of that taste yeah, of like coming into the full rest and sure. then you're back in so you're not really mm-hmm. but to go yeah no. to go two weeks and to be fully in that rest and that peace right. and then to try to get out of that would be yeah like, right it would be hard. and and I think that's where like yoga becomes a struggle for me and I, I've kind of forced myself to do more of that good for you I still can't it takes it. it's hard <laughs> I mean it's so great good. for your body it's so good for your body and so and it's even better for my mind frankly but I can't do a 30 minute yoga session it's not worth my time it takes half an hour for my brain to turn oh. off oh I thought you were gonna say the opposite I'm like I I do the 10 like if it's less than 10 minutes on YouTube I can do that yoga nine minutes and 59 seconds or less or I'm not in that's that's <laughs> awesome that's awesome because I am completely the opposite which is so interesting it takes me a good half an hour to stop like processing the world around me but that's probably the um, way you've learned to rest which is actually such an asset so you know like an hour yoga session I've done you know an hour and a half which 
the first 30 minutes of an hour and a half session is awful yeah. because your brain is just going, going, going. And then, you know, I'm trying to plan the next rest of my day. And then I'm, you know, at, at some point I get into the zone and my brain just like shuts off and it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> because that doesn't happen a lot. Is there anything yeah. that you can't do or get? For instance, when someone says, my husband's notorious for this. Oh, no, we can't do that. We have a friend who's in Florida. He coaches a high-up hockey team, and they were going to the finals. And I said, my husband, you know what? Like, we've had a really hard spring. We had a lot of stuff going on here. It was a really difficult time for our family. And we were just at the end of it. And I said, Mm -hmm. let's go. Like, let's just pick up and go. They're in the finals. We can catch three games in Florida. Let's just do it. And immediately his Mm -hmm. response is, oh, no, we can't do that. Like we won, it costs money, two works in the way. And in my mind, I'm like, no, no, we we just got to move all the obstacles. Everything is possible. And sometimes I get to a point where I say, that's not worth it to move those obstacles isn't worth what I'm going to pay for it. But Uh when I decide it's worth it, there's nothing that is going to get in my way. I will figure out the solution to every single obstacle. Oh, yeah. There's no such thing as a stop sign. (laughs) there's a yield no no exactly exactly and proceed with caution you know you can proceed with caution but you can keep moving you can't stand still (laughs) um which is part of the problem sometimes but oh yeah no I mean I my again my my husband is just wonderful and like he's willing to engage in the conversations with me you know like if I have an idea and he's like well yeah let's talk about it and sometimes we just talk about it and then I'm like oh yeah that will never oh my goodness okay well thank you for talking with me yes. <laughs> I said to my husband we've had this conversation so many times and he is actually pretty good now but and I say yeah. I need you to just engage in the conversation we don't have to eventually I might get to the point where I decide yeah this isn't worth it let's not do it or you're right we can't but without the conversation of going down the roads of like yeah what do what do, what will it take us to get there because we always can yeah, it's outward processing. Like I think, you know, I'm I'm very much an outward processor, so I love a brainstorm. You know, and I'm I'm very much an extroverted person. So like I want to throw ideas out, and this is just me thinking out loud. It's not me necessarily saying what we're gonna do. This is so funny because um, Joe and I it's with just, the podcast. Yeah. Um, I have to call her, and I talk it all out, and my ideas come as we talk, and she's just like sends a text. Like, no, no, I can't do that. Yes. Don't, yes. don't ask so- me something over text. Let's talk it out. <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> yes. To, let's, let's take 30 minutes and just throw all the everything out. Yes. Uh, I do that too. And my, you know, and my husband is, is more introverted. So it's, we have a kind of really interesting dynamic and it works, it works really well for us. Um, he is, like I said, he's my perfect counterpart in this world. But sometimes like if I'm, ticked off about something. Sometimes he will, you know, he will look at me and say, okay, did you want me to listen? Or do you want me to help you solve it? And sometimes that can eliminate any type of like tension immediately because it's like I just need somebody to listen to me because I'm just pissed right now yeah. <laughs> and I'm I trust sure you we live mirrored lives my husband's the same yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's so great because it's like he he will listen and he'll go yeah. Okay. You know, and you, and he's listening, like you can totally tell he's listening and he's engaged with me, but sometimes I just need to like, it's almost like I need a sounding board and like, and he's, he's great for that. Does and, he you know, know that can, intuitively or have you had to tell him in the past? Like, I, I don't want you to solve my problem. I need to just talk to you. Early on in our marriage, we really had to work on that because he is a fixer and it's because he wants to, you know, help me. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, he's not doing it out of malice or there's no malintent at all. Yep. 
And, and so we really had to work on that. Like, like, I just need, I just need someone to listen to me for a minute, which I think also that's where good counseling comes into like having a counselor (laughs) Um, because you're like, I just need to regurgitate all of this stuff out of my mouth and then we can talk about it. And then it's kind of like, okay, all right, that's it. Like I've kind of outwardly processed this and now I know what I need to do. (laughs) And thank you for sitting here with me in that because our brains are moving so fast that sometimes I think we, we trip over our own feet. <laughs> We're trying to process all of those things. And sometimes it's just nice to like get it out. Yes, I agree. But I only do that with people I trust. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm not just doing that with anybody. The people that know yeah. us well understand how we process. We're moving so fast in the world. Yes. And all these thoughts are coming out. It doesn't mean it's yes. how you feel, but you're thinking and I, through it. And it. some people are like, whoa. We're sifting, was, right? You're sifting That was through. a whole lot. Like, I mean, I've, I've thrown people off that I haven't been very close to before in that regard. And I'm like, this is how I've processed the world. Love me or hate me. <laughs> this is I'm how sorry. I do it, you know? And it's like, yeah, I, I hope I didn't offend you. And if I did, I'm incredibly sorry. This is me processing the world. And like, I mean, people perceive me as a very like kind and thoughtful person, but I have to work on that because sometimes you just have to bite your tongue. You're like, I cannot say that right yes. now, even though I think that. And like, I've done that with bosses when they're like, no, we, we're not doing that. And I'm like, well, why not? And then I'm like, you know what? It's just not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm shutting it down. <laughs> and I think, again, it's probably that that control. You're like, nope. Okay. If you don't want to listen to what I, I have I to also, say, then I'm going to flick this like a fly and we're moving on. I also think the three space gives us this sort of superpower to read the room really well. And really Oh, well, yeah. Right? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know when I was doing the parent council for our school, like sitting at the table mm-hmm. was kind of overwhelming at times because you're sitting with a group and sometimes there was 40 people there and we're discussing an issue or whatever it is we're doing. I can see immediately in a snapshot what what people are feeling really uncomfortable, what people oh, yeah. feel underutilized, what people are feeling like they have way too much to say and I need to pull back because they're making other people uncomfortable, right? Like the whole room, I can read all the different stuff in a snapshot and I'm trying to kind of manage all of that. And I think like Mm -hmm. we're talking about a boss and intuitively we just have this skill to know this is going to get me nowhere. On the flip Mm -hmm. side of it, you can almost get whatever you want sometimes by knowing what you need to say or what is going to motivate the person in front of you or what is going to speak to them to make them want the same thing, right? Right. Yeah. And being able to flip the script a little bit and just kind of try to understand what that person across the table from you is Right. um, And when you can understand that, you can Mm -hmm. work to that. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And like, you know, something kind of to that point, one of the pieces of of my job that I love, I love being able to facilitate things. Mm -hmm. Because one, I love to be organized, and I love to organize it and put it together. But I also like to engage other people. I want to hear what your thoughts are. That whole idea of like a conflict or as Brene Brown calls it, a rumble, which I love <laughs> because it's it's not it's not an argument. It's a rumble. We're yep. trying to get to the best solution. And so for eights, we're totally leaning into that. And, you know, I love being able to sit in a room and say like, okay, well, what do you think about this? And you try not to put people on the spot because sometimes people aren't thinking as quickly as we are. And, you know, other, other numbers may need to process things a little differently or 
go and away and come back. That's super helpful because they're the ones who come up with the problems yes. or issues that we will never foresee because we're way ahead. Yes. And it's so good. And like, I think that's something that I've tried to lean into, you know, trying to engage in the thoughts and opinions of others, because even if they have a differing opinion, it doesn't faze me. You know, I'm kind of like, well, great. Thank you for have you always, throwing a wrench into that. Let's yeah. do this. Like, have you always operated it. like that? I think being a female aide in particular can create its own struggles because sometimes I don't think people know how to handle us. When I was younger, even just getting out of college, you know, you come out with a bit of confidence after college, but I think you're also trying to navigate a professional world where you're seen as a young female. And sometimes when you're sitting in those rooms, you really have to learn how to read the room um, because people will dismiss you in a heartbeat. Going through that, and learning kind of like trial by fire and trial and error that has helped me to to be better at engaging others and yeah. the thoughts and opinions of others because I've been in places where they've dismissed me yes. because it's like oh well she's she's 25 she doesn't know or you know she's just out of college she has no life experience and right. you know yeah I, we gain experience over time of course like that's not that's not incorrect okay. I do think that people need to be at the table and have an opinion yeah I think when I was younger too I often felt like my way was the only way because I could see the whole picture right away and people weren't there yet so it mm -hmm. had to be my way because it was the only one that was going to work because that's all mm -hmm. I could see and I've as I've grown to I recognize the importance of of pulling in other people and opinions and how valuable they are and how valuable the slowness is of some humans right and that and we're all needed yes. in that space in different times so but it's taken so many years for me to sort of mm -hmm hone in on that and recognize the benefit versus sort yeah. of like, oh, I think we should just do this because I see the best <laughs> way. <laughs> well, and I, you know, I have to be very careful about that too, because I'm one of those, I love coming up with solutions. I love piecing the puzzle together and I like to get there quickly. Like it's not just about finding the solution. It's about being efficient in yes. it. And sometimes I can be too fast. I have to be very careful about like not running over people inadvertently in trying to get to that solution or the most efficient solution. Sure. I talk to people about, you know, working smarter and not harder. Like, <laughs> I don't think we have to work so hard. I think if we work smart, oh, I agree. then that can I help agree. us. Yeah, again, in workplaces, that can be very interesting. And I also surround myself with my inner circle who appreciate these things that I bring. Sometimes that's not the case when you get into a workplace or, you know, you're in, yes. a, in a friend group that you're not necessarily familiar with. It's a new group of people. I think particularly as females, that's hard. I am a Virginia. So sometimes, you know, I think being in the South, sometimes people think that, you know, we're supposed to be put together and prim and proper <laughs> and just follow along. And like, I can be put together. I can, I can play the part to a certain extent, but like, I'm not going to be bulldozed. Yeah. <laughs> like I will be kind and, and sweet, but you're not going to run over me. Yeah. <laughs> like some cases, like eight females in particular pack that punch that um, a lot of people don't know how to deal with. Sometimes we can seem over the top, even though we're not. Yeah, and I'm not. Oh, I think we are. To, I think we're over the you top. Know, <laughs> like, you know, we have I don't our think moments. we mean to be. <laughs> no, no. I do think it's an easier space sometimes for an eight male to be in. Joe and I just had this conversation that to us, it looks like it would be a lot harder in the southern states. Because there is this oh, yeah. persona of what a female sort of proper female looks like, right? And it's an expectation right. level that it's held. Right. Whereas that stereotype just isn't the same here. Being a female who's like career oriented, but is also a mother and is also a wife and is very, you know, dedicated to yes. family and friends, 
you know, some people are like, oh, well, you can't, you can't do that all at once. And I'm like, oh, yes, I can. And I am. <laughs> like, you know, like, do maybe not I'm tell not. me what I can and can't no, do. No, <laughs> because if you tell, if you tell me that I can't, then that's kind of like game on. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes when people tell you that you can't do something, that's almost your biggest motivator. At least it is for me. I'm like, well, okay. I'm going to show you and I'll touch base with you later. (laughs) We're going to revisit this. Funny that all these little eight tendencies pop up. And so I've enjoyed the podcast so much because I hear so many other eights, even with different tri-types. Right. Like, wow, these are my people. Like we are such a crazy, cool group of people who are making some awesome change in this world. And for all of our faults and all of our blind spots, what if the world didn't have eights? Because we're the people who push the envelope. Like of all the Enneagram types, I feel like we're the envelope pushers. We Mm -hmm. have so much good to do in this world. Eights are so powerful, but we're so Mm -hmm. misunderstood. We're so (laughs) labeled, right? Like when you can't see our hurt. And part of it is we're not accessing our hurt well. And and then you get into the eight, three, seven, and we like we don't access our hurt at all. No. Sevens avoid feelings and threes avoid feelings and eights avoid Uh feeling and we none of us Uh want to feel anything. Oh, it's, we'll it's accomplish rough. anything and in the right space that's that's an excellent tool to have to be able to just do and not feel we need people like that in the world but at some point too feel we need to yeah. rec- we do need to recognize right this is health stuff too like i really do think that it all comes full circle part of rest is starting to sit in our shit right and feel our feelings <laughs> and it's the worst thing for us and i think for the eight yeah. seven it's like the worst 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 thing for us oh yeah <laughs> things happen like life is hard and they're unimaginable things that happen one of the things I've really had to work hard on because of the 837 it's there's no feeling there <laughs> in a lot of capacities it's like just stopping and feeling it and, and sitting in it sitting in that grief when I go there I can be mm-hmm. put to such a low someone in our community their child died and oh. I can go there in their shoes mm-hmm. in their seat I can be the parent whose child died and then I am overwhelmed by the amount of grief and I cannot move yeah. And so I actually think there's part of me that shuts it off on purpose because I will become mobilized with my capacity to feel. So I don't use it. What I'm practicing now is letting myself be in it a little bit and not all of it. Recognizing when I am going too deep and stopping because Mm -hmm. it's, it's also not mine. I need to be able to empathize and, and help and not be, I can feel their grief with them but I want to make it productive. It's like, <laughs> yes. like, what can I do to help? Do you know what, like, can I fix you? Can dinner? I fix this? Can I do anything you to know, make it feel better like, for a few minutes? Even for a minute. Like, can <laughs> yes. I bring you a bottle of wine? Can we just sit there and you just like let loose? It's fine. Like, I think that's where I kind of have come into play. And sometimes, you know, as I've grown older, sometimes what you need to do is just just be with them in that moment. And like, maybe it's awkward and maybe there are tears and all of these things, cry with them or don't cry, you know, if that's it's the awkward. hardest thing. <laughs> yeah, it is awkward and you have to feel it. But then to not fix something is really difficult. I, I had a friend who's whose child during the pandemic was ambulance to the hospital. And you know, she she's texting me to say, Oh, my gosh, here's where I'm at. And I'm immediately mm-hmm. into like, here's what you need to do at the hospital. Here's the people you need to talk to. And here's how you're going to fix it. And then I, I actually just stopped and said, I am so sorry. In my yeah. text, please disregard every Thing I said. I'm yes. so sorry you're here. Yes. I love you. I'm here. Call me and I will say nothing. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Because we immediately go into that, I need to fix it mode. And sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's just not. Sometimes I think it's so hard for us to just be able to stop in that moment. Again, it's just stopping and like sitting there with that person or even sitting with ourselves in it. No, I think the harder part about being the mover and the shaker in this space is that we do not feel like, I want to use the word worthy, but I think it's that we don't Mm -hmm. feel like we've accomplished anything in the day and we need to accomplish because we're moving forward every second. If we're not moving forward, we're not productive and therefore we're not valuable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am valuable even when I am sitting still and doing nothing. And it's taken me years to believe that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's all about that list. Yes. Oh, okay. I have 37 things to do here. And then we've got this calendar and that calendar. And, you know, I need to make sure these things are checked off the list. Sometimes you'll add things on the list that you've already done to just check them off. A hundred percent. Okay. So funny story. I have a, um, a breathe reminder on my phone, which is ridiculous. No, I haven't. But it will sometimes ping me and say, breathe. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm breathing. I don't know what you're talking about. Clearly I'm breathing. I'm alive. Like I'm sitting here. I'm coherent. And, and it's like, breathe. And then it will time you for a minute I to stop it. and I breathe. Exactly and I'm like, what is this? You know, and, yeah. and my husband, again, my sweet nine husband is like, what? What do you do? I'm like, yeah, you know, my phone will remind me to breathe every now and then. And he's like, oh, mine, mine does not. <laughs> and we get a good laugh out about, about that. And then we just keep moving on. That's right. Um, and yeah. I have the same app, so. Great. Well, I think maybe all eights need that in some capacity. Just- I think so, too. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor. <laughs>